We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, Notre Dame fans and LL Nation. This is the best of Lucky Lefty. I'm Sean Davis, along with my co-host Malik Zaire. We bring in some of the former Notre Dame players to give us fantastic interviews. And we're giving you this opportunity to hear some of those interviews that we previously recorded with players like today's guest, Brandon Wimbush, former Notre Dame quarterback. We're probably going to be dropping these each and every Sunday until the season starts. Some of our former interviews, some of the great points talking about the recruiting, how they came to Notre Dame, some of the greatest moments at Notre Dame, and what they're doing after Notre Dame. Once again, this is the best of lucky lefty, Brandon Wimbush. Enjoy. Let's welcome in to the Lucky Lefty Podcast. Brandon, William Bush, former Notre Dame. Hey, <laughs> What's going on, guys? How are you feeling? I'm good, man. I appreciate y'all having me. Sean, it's nice to meet you. Pleasure and, to meet you. Uh, my brother, it's always good to see you, man. Man, the mogul himself, B. Wimbush. Yeah. Hey, look, Red Army is always flourishing in some areas, so I'm glad to man, see you man. doing it too. Always. I appreciate you guys, and um, I appreciate the love for my, my basketball game. Like, it was like, <laughs> like, there was just never this type of reception and, and love for my hoop, my hoop game when you're in it, right? Like, people didn't yeah, appreciate <laughs> my four years, uh, Malik. Like, yeah, no, know, yeah, we're not giving you no credit till it's after yeah. the fact. Not when we're right. all playing. <laughs> right. It's like LeBron. You got you got to uh, you got to appreciate the greatness when, when you have it there. So yeah, Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube. Follow us. Hit the like button. Hit the share button. Let everybody know Lucky Lefty Podcast. We're gonna see if the Nation in conjunction with Irish Breakdown. Give us five stars. Leave your comments. We appreciate them all. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. We spin it. Different. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Name a guy that played basketball that could have played for the football team. Mm-hmm. And then name a guy on the football team that could have played in the NBA or yeah. in the NFL <laughs> person, right? Yeah. So his two answers were literally Chase and Brandon. Yeah. He was like, I felt Chase and Brandon both could have played basketball at a high level. And then uh, he said Demetrius Jackson. Yeah. Because he was like, yo, people don't understand how strong Demetrius was. He's a local kid, grew up loving Notre Dame. He was like, Demetrius definitely could have played football for the – and Rex said he actually thought about walking on one year. I think he did. I I think I had that conversation with Rex. And I think this was maybe freshman, sophomore year, because him and and Matt Ryan, if you remember Matt, who came with me in my class, they they weren't getting a lot of PT, Sean, so – um, you know, your mind goes elsewhere, even on the football field. Like if you're not playing your first and second year, you're, you're like, all right, what else is there out there for me? Um, yeah. For me, it was like baseball. It was like, should I go pick up a my glove again? You know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, no, man, like, I, yeah, I, I take the credit, right? I appreciate that. But like Mike, guys like Mike McGlinchey, uh, <laughs> Roddy Stanley, like those guys were skilled big men. They were really good. Yeah. <laughs> Mike's feet was so good at basketball. And then, like, in the beginning, we're like, why is the feet not looking like basketball? Mike, you be trying to look stiff. But then he, like, figured it out. But, man, Mike was yeah. – him and Bonnie were just spectacular. Talented. So, Lucky Lefty Podcast, let's get right to it. Let's go back to the beginning. You talk about your time in New Jersey. You came on the scene with your performance at the uh, Elite Eleven. You commit to Penn State. Let's start right there. Yeah. Ultimately, what led you to the decision? Because most people, they decommit, and then they take their time and take visits and ultimately come to a decision. Your decommitment literally came with a commitment to Notre Dame. It was like, sorry, Penn State fans, I'm decommitting. 
I'm committing to the fighting Irish. <laughs> what was that entire process like? Yeah, man. I mean, the recruiting, I mean, recruiting in, in uh, overall has changed so much. Um, and I wasn't, I wasn't one of those guys who was social media heavy, but you know, I appreciated everything that came with the process and being able to meet a lot of those coaches and go through that entire thing. My mom loved it as Malik knows, like our moms got along, but she loved that process. She enjoyed it. Um, and meeting guys like, um, uh, what's his name? James Franklin. Right. And then the, the opportunity to go play for a black coach, obviously sparked tons of interest uh, being that coach James Franklin now had assumed that position at, at Penn state. Um, but then I just took a visit. Actually, I had played Bergen Catholic on nine 11, right. Bergen Catholic is one of the, you know, the, the best programs in the country. I'm going to give a shout out to Jersey football Malik. I think it's yeah. right up there. I think it's right <laughs> up there with, high, uh, with, with Ohio football and, and the best of the best across the country. You got Bergen Catholic, St. Joe's us, right. Don Bosco. But we played Bergen Catholic on on 9-11. I threw for five touchdowns, ran for one. It's kind of like a coming out, if you will. Uh, the, the quarterback coach at the time, you know, for Malik at, and at Notre Dame was uh, Matt LaFleur, the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. He had called me up that night, Sean, and um, obviously he had watched the game on live television, called me up and said, you know, I want you to come out and take a visit and see the campus. Um, so that's, that's exactly what I did. I think like the following week or, you know, when I, once I had my bye week it was the Stanford game um, in 2014. And uh, even though it was rainy and cold, I, I still fell in love with the campus, fell in love with the guys being able to meet, you know, Malik and, and the rest of the, the quarterback room. Um, I enjoyed it, man. And, and, and then it, it was a really quick decision. I knew academically there was more to offer there. Right. And I just felt that uh, I'd put myself in the best position uh, for, you know, for life after ball, choosing Notre Dame. Now, I remember, you know, Brandon coming up with his mom, meeting with Matt LaFleur at the hotel because it was like yeah. the game. <laughs> yeah. They came to the hotel night before the game, and, and Coach LaFleur was at the little bar with his mom. He's just like, yeah, just this is Malik. Talk about da, da, da. And I just could tell, like, they would – his mom, you know, I love his mom. She was just so – into what we was whatever we were saying it was like yeah i like it yeah we can do that and you know brandon just you know being the the calm cool and collected guy i couldn't really tell if he was like yeah like his mom was but he just was like okay you know you know Brandon, you, you just like, always oh, like a oh, okay i got here i'm gonna just take my yeah. time <laughs> that's your demeanor you know which i yeah. always had a a good feeling after that first time but for you looking at just the landscape of it, what was it for you that pulled you to just to, because I know Penn State's situation probably was a little bit better situated than what we even had at that point. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right, right? It was Trace McSorley, if you remember, um, and they weren't like high on him, but look at him now, right? He's, he's you know, had a decent career, played a, played a couple of years, and then uh, there was the Notre Dame quarterback room, which was, I mean, like, three or four deep at the time, right? With you, uh, Everett, Deshaun, um, who they were high on. Um, obviously, Gummy was there and then a couple other guys. But I don't know. I, I just thought I, th I thought more than football, right? I thought I think everybody who chooses Notre Dame thinks there's more than football uh, to life. And um, I wasn't really worried. I wasn't one of those guys who was like, All right, I'm going to go here and, and red shirt and be upset. Like, I, I wasn't one of those guys who, 
you know, felt the need to go right in and, and play right away. I thought there's a there was an advantage to being able to sit back for a year or two and, and learn, which is exactly what happened. Um, and kind of see things unfold and go through the ups and the downs, which again, which is exactly what happened. Um, and then I just, you know, went into my 2017 a little bit more mentally prepared than a lot of guys do at at, at age 18. So um, I kind of had that perspective going into it, man. And that's why I wasn't really, you know, d- deterred from from being a part of that that quarterback room. Now, that recruiting class you came in with, and this is why you don't. Really, we talked about this two days ago, right? How you yeah. really can't trust rankings. Because yeah. the ranking was like 13. But when you mm. start going down the list of players, you have Brandon, Alizé, Mack, Dak, yeah. Sean Crawford, Jerry Curry, EQ, Asmar, Miles yeah. Boykin. Dude, that class. Under- really class. But you, you know what? Like, you can't trust rankings because our number one guy and the number one center in the country is a good friend. Tristan Hodge had transferred. Like, right. I mean, transferred. remember him? Like, he was the start of that class, Malik. Like, he, yeah. had, he had committed early, uh, went in early through the spring semester, like, recruited me. Like, he was yeah, the guy. Yeah, it was tough for him. Yeah, <laughs> like a tough experience, man. But um, obviously, he's doing really well, thrived at BYU. But I'm just saying, like, you know, the stars and the recruit numbers, it really doesn't, it really doesn't mean anything. But yeah, we had a hell of a class. No yeah, doubt. that was a hell of a class. So you talk about that. Let's go ahead and talk about what you're doing with mobile. Yeah. The NIL, and I don't know if you've seen like what the Notre Dame football team is doing. Talked to Rex Fluger last night. He said the basketball team eventually is going to get involved. He was just in South Bend this weekend. Yeah. What are your thoughts about the Irish Players Club? And where will NIL be in five years in comparison to where it is today yeah that's a good that's a good question sean um but at mogul uh first and foremost what we've created um is a is a safe reliable and compliant tech platform that allows college athletes all athletes to connect to brands um, and businesses for marketing opportunities uh to obviously to maximize their name image and likeness opportunity uh, founded for athletes by athletes. We have multiple members of our team who are former collegiate athletes, could competed at high levels. Um, and we're, we're, we're ahead of the space, man. We're pioneering this whole NIL space. And it's really exciting for me as a former college quarterback to be able to, you know, to play in this space. Where I think this, you know, this, this industry is going to be is more geared towards um, giving athletes equity opportunities um, and and professional development and career development opportunities. Yeah, the one-off social media posts are going to be great, but can we connect our our athletes, especially at the likes of the schools of you know Notre Dame, to internship and externship opportunities so they can so they can expedite their uh, professional development. Um, for us, our platform, we obviously hope to have that holistic experience for the athlete. That means uh, being able to source those one-off sponsorship and endorsement deals, sell merchandise, uh, create mint and, and sell your NFTs on a, on a mobile enabled marketplace, uh, connect with alumni for internship opportunities, right? Kind of that, that entire NIL uh, experience, if you will, we want that to be able to run through mobile. Um, Irish Players Club is run by a, a friend, 
uh, Mick Asaf and, and the yoke team there. Um, and, you know, he, he's got a head on his shoulders that he's always forward thinking. Um, so it's, it's good to kind of be in the same space with him and, and kind of compete at that level, uh, knowing that makes, you know, always, you know, has that, that, that one step, uh, ahead kind of, kind of mindset. So, um, but we're, we're obviously right there with him. I have a very innovative partner and, and team, um, and, and, you know, we're excited about the team that we've built around the two of us, uh, to help us, you know, win this space. Now, to get an understanding of the mogul, is it is it a marketing scheme? Like, are you guys you have agents that you're signing yeah. kids, with, or is it more of like a um, like a resource center? Like you talk yeah. transition for guys after they get done playing, they transition yeah. through the resources of mogul. Because I thought the yoke when you talk about the com- the competitive space is it competitive because of the the guys you're recruiting in that area, or is yoke just mm-hmm. NFT based? Yoke is a lot. Man, um, you got to ask them like how they would want to identify their company and what industry they're playing in because they've done sponsorships. They've done NFTs. They've done gaming, right? E-gaming. They've, they've done a good amount and they always do it well. And, um, you know, so but uh, we are a open marketplace, Malik. So we're not signing athletes. We are a, a tech platform resource for all athletes. There's 500,000 athletes. We want all 500,000 on our platform. We're not signing anybody to any exclusivity like agency clause, Malik. Like, you know, we're not like a Wasserman or a, a CAA or an Athletes First where, you know, you're bound to, our, you know, our contract and you have to, you know, give a percent of your deal. That's also another key factor is we're completely free for all athletes. So, you know, I'm not opposed to the agency model, I, I, you know, obviously, but for college athletes today, it's it's definitely beneficial to weigh all of your options before signing to an agency where you have to give up 15 to 20 percent of any marketing contract that comes across your desk. When there's a platform like Mogul that brings you the similar, you know, very similar or better caliber deals and you you, you yeah. retain 100 percent of those deals. Right. So okay. our economic model, just for the sake of it, um, is, you know, we charge our service a service charge, a surcharge, a service fee of 20% to the brands, um, not to the athlete. Makes sense. What do, you, what do you say to those that are skeptical of the NFT market right now? The NFT market? Um, I mean, personally, I, I feel really comfortable with with uh, with the NFTs and the that whole kind of Web3 space. I can obviously learn more about it. I think Anybody who's skeptical about it should just do their homework. I think, you know, Malik and I have a mutual fr- friend and Deshaun who's helped me kind of, you know, get an understanding of it. And then there's so much, there's so many resources out there, man, that I think if people really want to learn more and and not just kind of rely on their, you know, innate understanding, then I think they would, you know, gear and lead more towards, all right, this is a growth opportunity. There's There may be an investment opportunity for me. Um, and then for athletes, like there's there's a lot of people doing really good things uh, in terms of educating athletes on the Web3 space. I think that's exciting. I think you guys could, you know, dive into that with with, you know, a net, uh, I can connect you in a network of people who um, are looking at athletes as creators in this Web3 space and the power and the empowerment that it's it's providing athletes. What's it like, you know, being the 
now that you have taken on the, the entrepreneurial, the business outside I'm of trying school. to be like you, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, it's been it's been a wild ride for me and, and, and knowing what I've been through and just speaking on your journey, especially going through football, making that transition for yourself to even be on a on a forward thinking thing like this NIL tech platform, which is still I mean, it's still growing. Like you say, your pioneer is something that nobody can really see the vision of just quite yet. But what's the quarterback Notre Dame? Yeah, like I've been for with that. It's been great. I mean, I'm I'm the chief athletic officer here, so I I oversee everything that that uh, that involves the athlete, and we have close to three thousand athletes currently leveraging our platform. So it's it's very uh, uh, a highly receptive platform across all athletes, not just the quarterbacks. Um, and that's something that we've been really, really excited about is that we've been able to facilitate deals um, for 80 percent of the deals that we've been able to generate have been for non-revenue generating athletes. So from lacrosse players to hockey, women's track and field, those have been the athletes that have succeeded on our platform. And um, we're, we're stoked about that because those are, you know, that's that's 98 percent of the, the college athlete population there. Right. So. We, we sought out at the beginning to find a way to, to provide value to those, those athletes. But for me, it's been great. Like it's an, uh, it's an inevitable way for me, Malik, to, to connect with these athletes um, as I DM them, as I, you know, have a face-to-face events on their campus. Like they feel a, a sense of trust with me having, you know, two years ago being just removed from college sports, playing quarterback at the highest level. So they know like, you know, there's so many other competitors in the space that have 50 year old, you know, men or women running companies trying to get into this space, but they just have no understanding about like the daily lives of these these college athletes. So they can't build a product. They can't communicate. They can't, you know, to do things in favor of the athlete. Now, is that what the tour is about? I see you going to different cities and you're, it's, you're speaking at these schools. Is that is that kind of what? This is yeah. kind of getting people warm to the idea of mogul. hundred percent. I think that's, that's one of our best acquisition methods is, is getting to these campuses, having an athlete see us face to face. Right. Cause we're, we're doing so much, as you know, like on a daily basis that somebody hits me somewhere, like even on the DMS, what I typically do for acquisition. But if I can be face to face, if we could have been face to face with somebody coming to Goog and they're explaining to us their product, I think it's a it's a more effective uh, effective way of acquiring somebody, um, and then we're here in Austin, Texas. Obviously, it's a it's a grand market for college uh, sports, uh, specifically UT. So we're here not just for promotion of of uh, you know to acquire athletes, but for a pitch competition. South by Southwest is one of the best and biggest pitches uh, pitch conferences in the world. Um, so that's you know Mogul's a finalist here. Um, but we're obviously baking in, you know, the relationship uh, with the University of Texas athletes. Man, no Man, is very... Go ahead, Malik. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy, you know, the the maturity of Brandon that, that you get to see from just the football <laughs> playing days. I mean, he's talking straight business, straight facts, 
really made a great transition from Notre Dame to the business life of things. But the way you talk, I'm just wondering, do you miss football? Is football still like, would you go out there and play a little turkey football? It was, like, it was like Kobe, though. Kobe said he never missed basketball because he, like, he got everything he got from the sport. I didn't play 20 years in the NFL, but like, Man, I graduated with guys like you from Notre Dame. Like, that's a world-renowned education, and and got to play some of the best football there is to play in the world. Um, do, yeah, I feel like I can still. I feel like I'm better than a lot of people that are playing on Sundays. As okay, you, there we go. We just we just wanted to see if that was still in there. Like, to- <laughs> like, you know, like, like man, like I always say, I'm you know I'm I'm typically you know, a very very modest human being. I scored thirty touchdowns. In a season, I don't care how you score thirty. If you score thirty touchdowns, you should touch yeah. a, a field on on a Sunday. You should That's touch right. one field on a Sunday. Yeah, You know what I mean? Yeah. You get it, yeah. man. If you throw on twenty for twenty, if you throw on twenty-one for twenty-four for three hundred yards against Texas, I'm here in Austin right now. But you should be playing. You, you should get a play on Sunday. Yeah, you should get a shot. You should get something. Get shit. <laughs> I'm just saying. You, you don't got me a little hype, but. <laughs> well, I had to see, you know. I know it's still in there because Brandon's a competitor. As modest as he is, he still got it in him. So I was just yeah, but yeah, man, this, this experience has been very fruitful and um, great team around me, supporting me. And so. You know, there's. I was I was listening to something. And it was like, how do I move on from this? But it's not. It's not. You don't want to be moving on. You want to be moving forward from that experience. From like, you know, you take your quarterbacking days and you you you've obviously learned from them, Malik, and you use that right. You you bring that along with you, but you move you move forward from those experiences and and it helps you build. That's right. Yeah. So since you opened the door, I'm gonna go ahead and kick it in. <laughs> you opened it. I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and kick it in. You know, because yeah. I, yeah. I, I talked to Dex, and Dex was like, yo, I, I agree. I said, you guys had the talent to average 45 points a game easy. Yeah. You guys were averaging like 36, 37, but <laughs> it should have been 45 easy. He was like, yo, yeah. I, totally, I totally agree with you. And yeah. I said, what was it? I asked him, I said, what was it? Was it just the inability of the coaching staff to commit to the system? that would allow Brandon to operate at his best? Or was it just something else that things just didn't click the way they should have on paper? Yeah, I I mean, I don't, I never, I never, uh, I always take, you know, I I always internalize things like, you know, like this, Sean. So for me, it was, it was, you know, there's a combination of both. There's always a combination of, of, so many different elements internally, externally, mentally, at the quarterback position, physically, you know, so there's just so much that goes into it, man. Um, performance wise, like I'll look internally first again and, and say like, yeah, I, I didn't perform the way I wanted to perform, you know, some of the time, but did I think that I was improving and, and, and we were winning and like everything that was necessary to continue to play. I thought so. So, um, and then as far as like, yeah, I think we were held back in some regards and uh, and um, and some people weren't on the field that could have or should have been on the field. 
who makes those decisions, you know, you, you know, you just kind of never know, but it is what it is. We're here today. <laughs> I mean, it all, it all comes down. I mean, if you really, it, it comes down to, do you feel like you got a fair shot at it? Cause I mean, you make the most out of your opportunity. Cause you know, once you get to that level, it's just if you get in, you better just make the most out of it because you don't know who's going to do what and what's going to happen. Who's on your heels? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So the one thing, and Malik, you can answer this because you had a similar experience. Both of you guys kind of share a similar experience. When you're the guy, shouldn't you feel like at some point that it's your team. And I know that sounds cliche, but at some point you have to feel like this is my squad. I'm the leader. Follow me. But it seems like the direction that most quarterbacks, this is what I've heard from a lot of the people that have covered Notre Dame in the media over the years. They've used the word regression when it comes to Notre Dame quarterbacks. Like they pop on the scene. And then as their career goes on, they either level off or regress in their play. Mm -hmm. For that to be a trend with multiple quarterbacks, most people will say that that's the culture. What would you guys say to that? I would say that there's a certain level of commitment that needs to be made that you can – feel comfortable in a space where you operating so much. So when you finally get the chance to be the guy, it helps when you got that, okay, the people making the decisions got your best interest all the time, you know? So sometimes- You can't do that at the college level, man. You can't, you don't know that. Just, but that's not true because, okay, we give examples of careers. You know, you look at a guy like, Tommy Reese, even towards the end, he still had that ability to be gotcha. like, gotcha. I know I'm getting in at some point. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> I know whatever's going on, it don't matter, because I know that the, the hand is going to just put me in there and I'm going to have a factor of it somewhere. And then you look at guys like Ian, who I don't think he was thinking about anything other than beating Clemson, Alabama at the end of the year for three, four years straight. So you can see how when a guy gets comfortable, he can hit a certain potential in his talent. Does he hit the max? I mean, I think Ian probably squeezed the most juice out of the orange out of probably the the most out of the, the last four five guys that have been there. But it, it showed, though, through those years, it wasn't no controversy. It wasn't no we don't know. So that confidence had to give any quarterback, and not just Notre Dame, but anywhere – that confidence, okay, I can grow in the right direction because you're fighting too many things when you're trying to get better, and that's a lot for a young guy to go through when they're trying to play at the top level, you know. So yeah, it's a lot that goes into it, like Brandon said. Brandon, yeah. did you ever get to a point? Oh, I'm sorry. You can go ahead and answer the question. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead, Sean. I think, I think Malik hit it on the head right there, man. So.